Yeah, let's talk about the bigger picture. Uh-huh. Let's talk about how we be ballin', playing yeah, with the yeah, Wizards. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the Nets and how they always got good pitches. Jeez. Let's talk about the Cats, how rest can turn them boys to winners. Uh-huh. Injuries and updates, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To the opponent, we stand toe to toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. To the top, this podcast gonna go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's something you should know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District, episode 27. It's the fan episode. I'm Nathan Perry. He's the stoner. Good morning. How are you doing? It's been a long time. No see, right? You know, it's just only been uh, like a little bit over, you know, 12 hours since yeah. we've last seen each other. Yeah. Uh, by the way, your audio sounds great. We just had to double check that, so there's no problem there. We're doing a little Does the uh, hat look the good? Scenes, Does the little hat look good? I hate, I hate hats. I got a big old noggin. Yeah, but it looks um, good like this way, like straight on. Yeah. It looks good. Just don't like turn around or turn don't, side. No, yeah. don't do that. Don't, don't, do, don't that. do that. Stay, stay straight on. I hate hats, even, but I, like... I did, I did want to wear the hat because, uh, uh, you know, at least show the hat, right? Because everybody What's got that? these. Everybody's What's... got these, so this isn't that special. I want, I want to make sure that that's clear, uh, because one, Jason Wright is amazing. Uh, you know, best team president we've had in a in a, in a long time. Uh, that was a very low bar, but uh, it is a Jason Wright signature. Yeah, uh, what's it say below his signature? So, the Prez. Team Prez. Team Prez. Yeah, yeah team yeah, Prez nice. there. So. I won't wear it the whole time because I do look I, I look like a dork. I look it doesn't like, look bad. I'm telling you, straight on it looks normal. <laughs> just, just don't turn sideways. That's all I ask. Uh, no. No, it's probably it'll, all it'll your wife asks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're wearing some of the uh the training yep. camp gear. We we yep, were yep. there yesterday. You know, we had an opportunity to see uh to see some people. I gotta remember we had we do have a uh uh you know, a uh, an audio portion of this. We do stream live on well, today is actually our last Sunday that we'll be streaming live on YouTube. You'll catch us this Thursday. will be our next episode. So we'll have plenty to talk about that day. Uh, today, though, we do have some good stuff. So we will talk about the training camp update uh, during the warm-up. For the game, it's our fan show. Uh, we ask people to send in, you know, how did they become a fan of the Washington football team? We have 15 and a half responses uh that we're that's gonna a share. Lot, it is it's good lot. i appreciate really i appreciate impressed. everyone who sent in uh sent in some stuff and then the post game we're going to talk about the week that was for the wizards the nationals and the caps kind of got in there too but yeah, uh, a little bit a little bit you know that might be a throwaway towards the end <laughs> we'll uh, just say uh, let's do it right now Ovi signed we're all good <laughs> Let's get the season started, and then yeah, okay, they, and then and they got their goalie back, right? So it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. everything. Everything's backup, all good. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it it is what it is for the Caps. Definitely not what people are here for. I think they want to hear more about you know our training camp experience. Yep, uh, and they want to hear about um, you know those fan episodes and how they became a fan. You know, if you're watching, if you're listening right now, so we do have you know do this live on YouTube. I put out there, you know, how did you become a fan of the Washington Football Team? Uh, so put that out there. My wife, you know, po- uh, points out that she became a fan because of me, uh, and she loved watching RG three. So she 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 was actually a Cowboys fan, and she turned. What? Yeah, I turned. Right, I, I converted her. Yeah. Really, she she's giving me too much credit. Okay, it's not me that converted her. Right. It was our son. Uh, you okay. know, when we had when we had our son in twenty thirteen. You know, she she kind of got she was she was pregnant during the RG three season, mm-hmm. uh, and she had to listen to me. But she was still railing against Washington at that point. Yeah. But then the moment she saw her little baby boy 
decked out in Washington football gear, you know, he, you know, she just, she was like, okay, it's over. It's over. You know, I remember going season. to your house. Uh, this was in Germany. Yep. We went over to your house to watch a, a Redskins Cowboys game. And she was all decked out in her Cowboys gear. And I said, how is this even going to work in your house with the Cowboys <laughs> and Redskins? This is not going to work. It was and fun it for years. We, it we, didn't, we, right? Yeah. No, it, it didn't. It, we didn't have yeah, to endure that for very long. But, I, well, you didn't. I We were together for four, nearly five years uh, by the time she converted. Uh, so mm. there, was, there was definitely – football seasons were pretty fun. Yeah. And then uh, – and then, uh, like I said, our son, son, son was the tipping point, and uh, now she's diehard uh, Washington football team. She loves herself some Chase Young. Certainly, her favorite part of the training camp uh, was was getting to see and interact with him. We were out there. I know some people shared some pictures of uh, Chase Young and Montez Sweat interacting with the fans. We were right there. Right there. Uh, so I was a little bit more enamored by. Uh, Fitz working out with uh, Harmon and <laughs> right. uh, the other Montez, Mon- yeah, yeah, the other Montez. Uh, the QB version. Um, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, Although I don't know, we we did see him in one of those workouts. Montez was working with the receivers slash running backs in one of those drills. Yeah, I don't know uh, why he was over there. It was a very one. It was a weird drill. I, I asked you. I was just like, I'm, do we know what this is working on? So uh, the drill that they were doing was uh, the coach would hit the medicine ball and like not, one of these, not a medicine ball, not medicine. a medicine ball. Uh, what are those? Uh, a those workout big, ball, giant bouncy big, balls that big, some people sit bouncy on. rubbery right. ball. Yeah. He like launches this in front of them, and they have to pick it up, bend over, and pick it up with both hands and like launch it up over their head. Not yeah. well, that was it. holding on to it. You know, not necessarily you know, throwing it in the air, but like right. holding on and lifting above their head. And I was just like, I'm not sure what this is working on. Yeah. Uh, but it was a re- the receivers and the backs were doing it. And then all of a sudden you see this yellow shirt, you know, run out there. And it's, and it's and Steven true. Montez who's, who's working out with the receivers and the backs. I don't know. A lot of people thought he was going to be uh, converting to tight end. Well, he uh, wasn't working out with the tight ends. But he wasn't working with the tight ends. Hands. Right, right. Uh, I'm not it sure. It was just weird. You know, Maybe he but, just, you know, wanted to keep, I don't know. No, I think loose, you need to work on your, um, your throws and, and reading defenses. <laughs> I don't think this drill is going to help you. So, well, you know what? You know what I was thinking? Maybe the drill was like a, a fumble-type drill, you know, to be able to square your body to pick up the ball and go with it. I don't know. But maybe he's getting ready for that after he fumbles when he goes back to pass. Somebody strips sacks <laughs> He's got to learn how to pick the ball back up again. I'd, I'd much rather him work on not fumbling the ball yeah, in the first right. place. So if we see Montez in a game this season, things have gone horribly wrong. Yes. Horribly, horribly wrong for right. the team. He's not um, make, He's not even making the team. I, I think I he's mean, still like, a practice like, squad practice, eligible. Practice, yeah, practice, you know, so I consider practice squad a part of the team. It's not a part of the 53. Right. But it's a part of the team. Uh, so I think that he'll be on the practice squad. Who knows? Kyle okay. Allen got dinged up uh, yesterday at training right. camp. And uh, and so who knows? He might end up you know, having to join the roster if Kyle Allen has to miss significant time. But again, if he enters the game, we're in, we're in, we're trouble. in trouble. Well, I think we'll find out a little bit more about Kyle Allen's injury this week. Right. Sure. So if they sign another, if they if they drop somebody and pick up a QB, Kyle Allen's probably not playing for you know or not practicing for the majority of this season. Right. Yeah. So we yeah, don't again, 
Again, we don't want to see him in a game because if we see him in a game, it means something's happened to Fitz and Heineke. Right, right. And so things... you talk about Montez, Steven Montez, you don't want to see in a game. You, you don't want to see. Yeah, Kyle you don't want Allen to get that far ever either. I know a lot of fans want to see Heineke. He looks okay-ish at camp. Um, I got to watch a lot of him on Thursday. Uh, holds on the ball too long. Uh, not as bad as Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, I, I think. Like half his dropbacks, he wasn't throwing the ball because he just kept, you know, l- dancing around and looking for something. Now the defense looked good. Defense uh, looks great. Not offensive good. line was good. hurting yesterday. Offensive line was yeah. uh, down. Uh, you know, Sheriff had to step out for COVID protocols. Uh, same with uh, Sharp. So we'll see. That's uh, that's uh, going to be a situation that's going to, you know, you know, unfold throughout the season. It's yeah, almost it's uh, you almost want them to be like '90s the Washington football team. You almost want them to be like '90s moms with chicken pox, right? When their kid gets chicken pox, just put all yeah. of them into a room, yeah. get it over with right now, right? So that way it doesn't happen during the season. Because the last yeah, thing, it's a and, controversial and, take, but uh, it is, it I, is, I, I get it. It's a silly, it's a silly, silly take. I'd much rather they just get the vaccine, but. Um, if they're not going to, if they're not going to, then go the not the '90s mom chicken pox route, and uh, and we'll be good to go, right? No, I don't want them missing any time. Is the thing though, so that's it's a it's a situation. Like I said, we're going to have to deal. Rivera talked about it. The numbers are going up. Uh, a lot of people are scheduled today here on Sunday to uh, to get the the vaccine. So I think the numbers will continue to get there, uh, and we'll see how th- that situation you know does because he does say he says a couple people have dug their heels in they're not going to get it yeah um, but as long as they can get past the certain thresholds uh keep people safe keep them on the field i think uh, the team will be all right let's talk more about uh, your camp experience this is so the, for for the two of us this was actually our first camp so i know a lot yep. of fans had the opportunity you know in years past to go uh, we're transplants uh you live north of baltimore uh, so Richmond is a is a bit of a haul for you, sure. Uh, but uh, and then for me, military guy, lived you know around the world. I was here for three years uh, in Maryland, uh, but didn't go down to to camp during those three years. Got to see a bunch of games though. Uh, so, but this is our first year. You know, going like camp. hey, we got to go to camp. Yeah, uh, it was great. You know, it for was... me, I th- it was a great experience. I think when we left, I told you that it exceeded my expectations. And I had fairly high expectations of what it was going to be like. But it exceeded my expectations. From all of the fan ambassadors who were there, who were everywhere, who were smiling, who were willing to help, who were in good moods, who were who were accommodating to everybody. They didn't always have the right information. That's okay. <laughs> we got caught caught up in that a, a couple, couple, times, couple different times. Yeah, that's yeah, where that it was, was kind fun. of like we did. We were wearing our ref the district shirts, and it was kind of like we didn't want to be wearing them when when we were getting yelled at by by some other fans because right, right, we got right, misinformation. Like, I, like we 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 definitely didn't want to get that. But uh, no, it was great. Yeah, you're right. You know, we did have a little trouble getting in at first. Um, you know because of the information that we're given. But once we were in, it was great. We actually got to meet the uh, the the young lady who was dancing with Jason Wright uh, in mm-hmm. Rio, right? So we got to dance right. with her. She danced with my son a little bit. So that was a fun fun little moment. Uh, we kind of blended in with them. Our uh, Just a Fan shirt's the one actually behind me right yeah. now uh, that you can pick Very up yourself. Similar. If you want, check out our, our Ref the District 
uh, Twitter handle there and we'll, you, you can find the link and we'll push it out. We'll make sure people see it. But it was kind of, it was the same yellow. So it was kind yeah. of good. It was good though that the back said gold. just, you know. It was probably the same gold. Yeah, same gold. Yeah, but it had the had just a fan on the back, so it was it was good to you know have yeah. some distinction between those and the ambassadors who are helping people out. Uh, we also got to meet a lot of our fellow Washington football team pods. Yep, uh, we did. So, uh, we we met. Uh, hopefully, we don't leave anybody out. But we met the Burgundy Zone. We met um, the Bleeding Burgundy. Mm-hmm. We met Declassified. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met. Uh, you you probably have to help me out because you know these a little better. We actually were going to go Josh. Yeah, we, we <laughs> to, so that we wouldn't forget. You know who we would know whose podcast is who and all that. Uh, but we met up with all those guys, and it 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 really is. And you'll hear all of them say that it really is a a community of content creators, podcasters who like to get along and who are supportive and. It's it's a community of people that we're all there to to help each other. There's enough space for all of us to be yeah. in. So that was pretty cool to meet all of them and talk with them and interact and share ideas, share our experiences, our our level of understanding of technology, all that stuff. We were just sharing everything, and it was really cool to see all of them. Yeah. So uh, I might have missed you. Might you know we we met up with Trevor. Uh, he was there. I don't know. Did yep, you yep. Name? Sorry, so Trevor. Yeah, you know, Josh. You, Cameron Rio, Mingo. Rio was there. Cam, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, hope, hopefully we didn't miss anybody. John was out there. He's got a podcast. Not a Washington football team one, I don't think. But uh, uh, met him. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of good people. You know, interact with some fans. You know, some people recognized us, which was which was yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the getting to see getting to see the team in action was great. So I was there Thursday. And uh, it was really hot, so we left a little mm. bit earlier. Yeah. Than, uh, then when we didn't stay for the full practice, knowing that we were going to be back the second day, uh, wanted to make sure that the the family was good. And then we over prepared for for Friday, so yeah. a little under prepared for Thursday, over prepared for uh, for uh, for Saturday. Um, but it was good both times. Uh, great experience. You know, r- reasonably priced too. This is something that you know, my wife and I talked about. You, there wasn't stadium prices. For things, um, and and that was that was uh, that and was on, great. Yeah, and on top of that, we were in the VIP area because you have season tickets, so that gave us access to the VIP area, which was great. And they have these tents that were air conditioned, that had free uh, water, Gatorade, soda. They had uh, beer that you could purchase, and like you said, it wasn't outrageous prices. Uh, and they had fan ambassadors everywhere to just make sure that you were doing okay, that you understood what was going on. They had a side um, side party bus, they called it. It was just a trailer. But inside, you could plug in your phones to keep everything charged. It was mm-hmm. air-conditioned. And then you can go up on top. It had a little deck, and that gave you a view, a great uh, view a of great, the practice. Great, great view of the practice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going back and forth. We're going down by the we were right on the rope line so we were right there where the players are coming out going in and coming out and then you go up top and then you have this great view of practice then you go back down because jason wright's walking around talking to people and you mentioned him of he's a great guy and everybody says it i haven't heard one bad thing about jason wright and what he's doing and we got down to be able to meet him and got a selfie with him and like you said you got your hat signed my hat over here he signed it 
And what did he tell you about your hat? So his hat, uh, uh, for our yeah. audio listeners, it is an old school Redskin, old school Redskins, yeah. uh, straight burgundy hat. Uh, what did he tell you about that? Well, w- what was great about it is he wasn't he wasn't doing the politician thing. He wasn't doing the, hey, nice to meet you, and shaking hands and moving on down, and hey, hey, all right, let's go. You know, he wasn't doing any of that. He was engaged with the fans. He was looking people in the eye. He was talking to them. He was answering questions. And when I got up there and I gave him my old school Redskin hat, and he just looked at me as he's signing it, and he says, we're not getting rid of the old gear. I just want you to know that we're not getting rid of it. We're not going to ban it from the stadium. He didn't have to tell me that. He had, he, I didn't ask him. Nope. He just wanted to engage with the fans and reassure us that this, the old stuff is not going away. They're not going to have it uh, going forward, yeah. but they're not going to ban the old stuff. Yeah, that and, was a bit bit of a controversy uh, a couple yeah, weeks ago. People, some people, bit. you know, he had said something that to the effect of he did kind of give that politician answer. It's like, well, we haven't decided, you know, what we're going to mm-hmm. do with that kind of stuff. Well, now they've and, decided. And pe- well, people took that to mean, oh, okay, so they're thinking about not letting you in with with Redskins gear. And so he wanted, I think he w- wanted to make sure he took that opportunity. And and this goes to we have Meast uh, watching us our, on our hey, YouTube Brandon right now. Meast. So welcome in, buddy. Um, so he says that he can tell there's a there, there's a change in energy even from last year, and there is. And we talked about this a lot. There's just a lot of positive energy uh, between uh, you know between Jason Wright, Julie Donaldson, who was out there interacting with the fans and had uh, a lot of stuff going out there. Um, and then you even have Tanya Snyder, who's throwing gear into into the stands and interacting with fans. I know uh, it. I think Tay and Todd they had been out there, and I think I want to say they tweeted something to the effect of, uh, you know, can you know she just be the figurehead for for a <laughs> while? I was just like forever and ever, ever yeah. and ever, amen. Let's let's make sure this, uh, you know, because she does. She has, you know, she's a lot more likable, I think, than Dan, uh, and that, that you know she's getting out there. So there there's a a concerted effort and George uh, Carmi, who, who submitted a video as well, uh, talked about this. There's a concerted effort to change how people feel about the team. There um, is. And, and it's, and working. it's working. It's working. It, it, it's unbelievable. And it's almost scary because it is working. And we like to say that every year, all, all the fans are always have, you're optimistic going into the season and, but th- it's different. I'm sorry. It's just plain different this year. Regardless of what goes on on the field, or maybe not, at least for now, regardless of what's happening on the field, off the field, they're winning fans back. They're winning old schoolers. They're winning new schoolers. They're putting the right people out there to be the face of the franchise on the field and especially off the field with Jason and Julie and Tanya Snyder. I didn't want to like Tanya Snyder because she married Dan. (laughs) But she's been amazing. She has questionable decision-making skills, right? (laughs) But she's been amazing doing everything that you should be doing. And she's doing it. And she's winning me over right now. And hopefully this continues on all the way through the season. I I do, you know, you brought up this, uh, the question, right? You're like, what happens when they're one and six? Let's, mm-hmm. Things go horribly wrong. Do they continue having this good vibe around them? Right, right. And I do think that that would test them. Oh um, yeah, it will. But uh, I, I do think that there is a a change in mentality, and that they're that the team is likable. You know, we've got likable players. Um, we got likable front office. Mm-hmm. We've got it's... a coach who's respected. 
and likable, right? Like That's if right. Thing, I, I think that if things don't go the right way, and we saw some of that last season when things weren't going the right way, you know, fans, well, you know, a little different, I think, last year to this year. Mm-hmm. Whereas last year, it's just the same old Washington football team. Different, yeah. you, you, we changed, we're changing the name, but it's the same product on the field. It's not winning. But now there's a little bit more high, there, there is higher expectation here. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out, but it, I just, I do enjoy the energy around this, um, you it's, know, it's this, almost, this it's almost nothing but positive everywhere you turn, even with the vaccination rate being the one of the worst in the league. It's and not the worst old, now. It is now, it's it is now not the worst. It's the second we're not, worst. We're but. not last, but, uh, <laughs> everything is, everything is positive about the team. On the field, off the field, in the community, with the fans, with the name. And, and eventually we're going to have this entire new rebranding next year. And hopefully it's coming off of a successful season. So it's just a lot of positive energy that hasn't been felt around here in a long time. Yeah, Even even the people who are passionate about the name change. Uh, I think you've backed down from monuments. So the future, <laughs> I, apparently, apparently you saw one future and that future was not what the future some others see you have uh keith from uh uh whoever knows keith but he's out there talking about the commanders or the uh the -hmm. next team name uh and then you got rio and several others uh who are championing wolves uh Mm -hmm. so some fun fun stuff there uh you know within the team so no so nobody likes my idea of monuments that's fine not a single person but (laughs) not even not not even you liked the name monuments i don't (laughs) <laughs> but commanders make sense. I was convinced commanders no. make sense to me. No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hitch have, your wagon to that one. Well, I'm gonna hitch my wagon to that, but I'm always gonna have monuments just in case. Yeah. Oh, oh! If it becomes the monuments, we're certainly going to uh, reshare your clip of calling it the monuments. But it's not. It's, it's not gonna um, be that. In there, uh, Corey from On the Warpath uh, joining us in the in the chat right now says uh, this is what winning off the field should actually look like. Call back to the 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 era, the Allen era, where he said, you know, hey, we're winning off the field, and. And we were one. It's a horrible statement to say when you're not winning on the field, right? Uh, right. But yeah, this is absolutely what uh, winning off the field should look like, right? This Remember, is this is something where um, you know there is that energy team. The team you have uh, players who are interacting, big name players, right? Not you know we've always had you know some of the the second stringers and third stringers who would take their time out with the, with the fans, but having some of the, you know, having Chase Young and Montez Sweat and um, Terry McLaurin interact with fans. There's some great videos of them, you know, handing over cleats and Mm -hmm. stuff to the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Good stuff to watch and and love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. There's been nothing. It's been nothing short of amazing, but it's been surprising to me. Like I said, I did, I, I didn't think that this franchise was going to be able to do that. And remember when Bruce Allen came out with that famous line, I think the culture around here is damn good. And yeah, it was. Culture is it damn was good. terrible. What a lie. What a yeah. lie. He was fired not much long after that. That was pro- that was not I mean, quick he did a lot wrong. That, yeah. But but that was probably his 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 the point of no return for him. That was the final nail. They're like it's not great. And you know it. And you're the reason, so you got to go. Yeah, and we Jason won- Wright, 
and Julie Donaldson and Tanya Snyder and all of the people that work with them. Let's not think it's just three people sitting in a room making all these decisions. All of those people that are working with them, they're obviously they have a good thing going. When we talked about the ambassadors and all the people out in the field and the and the media, that's a, it's just a I'm it's scary. It's scary how good the culture is right now. It's, I don't think it's scary at all. I'm enjoying it. I think <laughs> right. that this translates. We talked about this going into camp, right? We wanted to see the chemistry because, you know, that chemistry off the, you know, off the field translates to on the field. Yeah, it and does. I think that this, you know, like you said, it's not them. And they would tell you that too. Julian, uh, you know, uh, and Jason would, would be right out and tell you. You know, it's not them, right? You know, they have a great team. Mm-hmm. Um, they they often sh- uh, you know show them on Twitter with the group of people that help you know make this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they set the tone. They, they do. The they do. They're, the they're you know they're they're definitely the ones who you know, and and they'll take the brunt of it if things go wrong. And and Jason knows that right. all too well, uh, especially with that the gear thing that we mentioned. Where people thought, "Hey, you're not, you know, are you saying that we're not going to be able to wear?" It? And he, you know, he told you directly, "You're mm-hmm. going to be able to, you know, we're not stopping people from wearing it." So yeah, that's great, great to hear that. And I think that this is going to take us into hopefully an era of winning on the field, mm-hmm. and we're going to get back to where some of us became fans, and we're going to get to that in the game here in just a moment. Here's our that's our training camp wrap up. Let's get to our fan episode because we've got a lot of videos to share with you. So that's coming up here on The Game. Game on. All right, so what happened was we reached our modest goal of having 100 subscribers here on our YouTube channel. So thank you for being one of those subscribers and and joining us for this episode. So we, what we did is we submitted, you know, or asked people to submit a video mm-hmm. of why they became with a wash, a fan of the Washington football team. We're going to share our stuff on there, but like I said, we have 15 and a half uh, videos to share for, uh, for this. So I wanted to jump in there, but that's what happened. And then afterwards we'll talk about our next goal and what we'll do for that uh, episode. Um, but, uh, you know, let's just get right into the first video here. And this is exactly why we do it. I understand Rough the District is uh, polling fans and followers um, to tell their stories about how they became fans of the Washington, D.C. sports scene. Um, and mine's pretty easy. I was born in the D.C. area. Um, in my lifetime, uh, I've seen three Super Bowls. I've seen a World Series championship. The Stanley Cup get hoisted. Um, the Bullets won their only championship the year i was born so i don't remember that too much but uh maryland uh men and women winning multiple championships and multiple sports dc united winning uh, uh a grip of cups um but i understand that's not the case for everybody some people actually choose to follow the dc uh sports teams and to them i ask what were you thinking well, that's what we're getting to today. Uh, that's Matty O, friend of the friend of the podcast, and yeah, friend uh, he, of the show, Matty O. He he uh, he he's been on talking nationals. We haven't actually had him on. Maybe we, we should get him on again uh, to talk some of the these uh, national trades that we're going to address here in our our post game. Uh, he's from the area, so that's why he became a fan. But he kind of he kind of 
talks a little to us on that end. We're transplants, and he's just like, why would you do this to yourself, mm-hmm. right? You know, the team, the teams here until recently, you know, the Caps did win, and uh, the Nationals did win here uh, recently. You got the Mystics who won recently. But there was a long period of time from the last Washington uh, Super Bowl to that period. Mm-hmm. Where there was not a whole lot of winning going on here yeah. in the, the DC for the big area. four. I mean, we for like you said, four. you mentioned like the some of the, the Maryland yeah, DC teams United, DC Maryland United. stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool to see uh, to see Matt and and he does have that question of why did we become fans? And we'll get to that certainly at the end here. So the uh, yeah, as as transplants, I think that. Uh, you know, it's big for me. Uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, born into it. And as a lot of people will have that family connection as we go, go from, but our next person, he didn't start from the area, uh, either. So this is uh Trey Z from, uh, DMV sports three. First of all, want to say shout out to ref the district for the opportunity for me to explain what happened, how I became a Washington football team fan, formerly the Washington Redskins. I guess I'm gonna start with the how which is this gentleman right here. This is Pops, baddest man in the DMV chasing his lady. A Florida boy, first man to teach me is not where you're from, is where you're at. So about five years old, 1975, he told me and pointed at the screen and said, watch this guy, number 42, Charlie Taylor. That is the baddest player in the land. And that is the baddest team, son. And that's how it began, right here, PG County, Maryland, DMV Sports 3, Trey Z was born, and all things DMV. If you look in the back, that is the first Super Bowl pennant pop hung up in my room, right next to the only Bullets, now the Washington Wizards, 1978. So back then it was great to be here in Washington, as it is going to be great right now. Because we are going to do what we always say. Let's get it. Let's get it indeed. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. He's got his pops, right? Baddest man in the DMV. Now he might be able to take on that, uh, him, you know, his, that title himself. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of us, or a lot of fans, it comes from the family aspect. I mentioned for me, mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly, you know, I, I, my dad was a fan of the team. Uh, he not even from here, you know, he's, he, he, he himself was not from here. He was, uh, up in New York and, uh, but he was a band geek and Washington Redskins had a, a band. Yeah. And he just one of the loved, only ones, right? Yeah, he loved yeah. that, that they had a band and, you know, he became a fan and of course they were winning and, you know, I was born in Oklahoma, lots of Dallas stuff. There may or may not be images circling somewhere out there with me in Dallas gear mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Um, but, uh, you know, when, you know, you're, you're a large family and that's the, what they, they're selling at the, the local, you know, Walmart type deal for super cheap, you're going to get it. Um, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah, that's he. That's why he became a fan. Was that was the band, and then I took it on. My I was only you know, my younger youngest sister. She's she's a, a Washington fan as well. But the rest of them either didn't care about uh, sports uh, or have taken on uh, different teams. My older brother 
went with Philadelphia for a while, and now he's with Pittsburgh, and he has been with Pittsburgh for uh, a couple decades now. But uh, yeah, so I'm the only one who became a Washington fan, and really it was because of family. And that's where exactly, uh, you know, Corey here, uh, or actually we're going to go with Meast first, is, uh, is that family connection in, in his own uh, dad as well. This is your boy Meast, uh, ref the district, fan episode, let's get it. How did I become a fan of the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins? Two reasons, July 9th and my father, outside. I didn't choose to be a fan, I was chosen at birth on July 9th, 1990, exactly 58 years after George Marshall founded the franchise in Boston on July 9th, 1932. Yes, we won the championship our first year. So it's no coincidence my father was also a Redskins fan. Back in 1995, my father had passed away. And one of the only things I know about him was that he was a Redskins fan. And one of the only memories I have of him was watching my first game. Uh, We had nacho cheese Doritos, hell of a good dip, and Mountain Dew. It's one of my favorite memories I have. That is why I am a Redskins fan. So yeah, getting you know getting a little emotional. Thank you, Meese, for for sending that in. Uh, uh, you know, you know, the, uh, sorry, you know, sorry that uh, your dad passed so early in your life. Cool that you share a birthday with the team. I think that's really, uh, mm-hmm. really neat that that you have that connection uh, with them. And I think it's I think it is actually great that you have such a fond memory. Uh, to associate with the team. And, and I think that, you know, you were commenting earlier about, you know, thank you for the, the news about the old gear. And I, I think that your connection with the, the team being Redskins and having that with your, your dad uh, with the Doritos and hell of a good dip. Hey, listen, um, that's, you know that's what I'm, hell of a memory. You know what I'm going to do today in hmm. honor of uh, Brandon and his, his pops, I'm going to go get some nacho cheese Doritos, hell of a good dip and some Mountain Dew. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, do it for Brandon and his uh, and his memory of his pops and uh, and their love of the Washington football team. That's yeah. That's that's uh, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. That, that's unfortunately it is out of, out of my diet. I do have some. Uh, well, <laughs> I do have some medical issues. Uh, otherwise, I would do, I would join you in. in well, in that's that out of everybody's diet. It's supposed that's, to be. Anyway. It, yeah. But, but it, you know, it, it is cool. very '90s though. It was a very '90 yeah. '95 thing uh, to to hear, and uh, and uh, that's uh, that. You know, again, just thank you to to Brandon there for sending that in and, and sharing his connection. Uh, that's back to back dads um, who who brought them in. You know, let's hear from Corey from on the warpath now, who is going to talk to us about how he was also bred into being a Washington football team fan. What's up, everybody? This is Corey from on the warpath. Sanchez405 on Twitter. Just wanted to talk about how I became a fan of the team. And really, it's a family affair. Uh, My mom is a huge fan. And my granddad, he was a huge fan as well. I think some of my earliest memories are back in the 99 season. We had Brad Johnson, Stephen Davis, those guys. And, uh, you know, them going to the playoffs for like the first time and winning the NFC East. For the first time since the Joe Gibbs era. So that 
really uh, was my first introduction to success and we've seen it few and far and in between but um, I love this team you know my granddad like I said he was a big fan he passed away the day uh, Colt McCoy and company beat Dallas on Monday Night Football so that's what that means to me and uh, you know as always hail to the burgundy and gold there we go. Hail to the Burgundy and Gold. I like that. As a lot of people, you know, want to transition from from the name there. Hail to the Redskins. Long time call out for for the team. Hail the Washington Football Team. You know, hail to the Burgundy and Gold. I do like uh, like that. So, uh, you know, you know, he lost his uh, his granddad uh, as well. For, uh, great memory though to tie it to it. Colt. I'm I, you know, I'm going to choose to believe Corey that Colt won it for your granddad. So yeah, I'm going to cool. you know I think that's a a good thing. Mentioned some names in there, some you know, some throwbacks there with Brad Johnson, Stephen Davis. Loved watching them. That was definitely about the time that I was really forming as a kid and and, and my fandom. So it was it was great to cheer on those teams as well. You know, born in '85, so I was I was around for two Super Bowls, uh, but not really old enough to appreciate them. Yeah. Uh, so Stephen uh, Davis was in uh, was in training camp signing autographs earlier in the week. Stephen Davis has probably had some uh, nacho cheese Doritos and hell of a good dip in Mountain Dew. He's, he's a little bit bigger. It was a cheap shot. I'm sorry, Stephen uh, Davis. We love you no matter what you look like. You'll always be a member of uh, – or we'll always be fans of you and this team. Sorry, that was a cheap shot. I shouldn't have done that. So, but he's a bigger fella. He's a man of larger carriage. Aren't we all? Right? He could probably, what, what probably still doing? outrun us. He could oh, yeah. probably still oh, yeah. outrun us. I still don't so. want to tackle him as a, as a strong, big big dude boy continuing with our family theme here is mm-hmm. uh, is going to be uh carmy who his family really just wanted to be part of something y'all, it's george carmy from fullpresscoverage.com as well as the burgundyzone.com and today i'm going to talk about how i became a washington redskin slash washington football team fan um basically my parents came to the country in 1974 and what ended up happening is they just came in they wanted to kind of engulf american culture and they wanted to kind of acclimate and be part of society they wanted to become you know schmooze and talk about anything that was going on in the, in the city just so they could feel like they were part of something new and what they gravitated towards was the washington redskins and um you know my i have two older brothers one was born in 1974 one was born in 1976 and basically, you know, growing up and with my mom and my uncles and my dad, they started watching football their entire life. Um, coming in around 1983, when I was born, my brothers, you know, they they basically put it on me to be a Washington Redskins fan. So I have baby pictures with Washington Redskins jerseys on. And, you know, I grew up always watching the, every single game that they had. And it is something that we have in common that we share as a family. And um, just growing up, it just was really important to me. Um, I still have vivid memories of me growing up in around 1992. I was about nine years old. I'm going to Wheaton Plaza, you know, going to the stadium store, going to the Redskins store, buying Super Bowl gear. I'm going to House of Cards on Glenmont Road and Glenmont Drive and basically buying Ricky Irvin's rookie cards and Ernest Biner rookie cards and just being fully engulfed into the Washington football team. Um, you know, to add on to that, the way I became a deeper fan was, you know, I was a major. I was a journalism major um, my first couple of years at University of Maryland. And I wrote for my school newspaper and I was always a diehard sports fan. And I was always a diehard Washington football fan. And um, my biggest hobbies in high school was to drive around trying to find the Washington Redskins and trying to talk to the players and get autographs. And it has always been something that I've really been into. And um, I took that passion and I started to write in high school and college and a little bit after college. And that's where I am here today. 
day. So I'm blessed to have a bunch of great fans in the Washington community, and I'm great, very grateful to form connections with a bunch of local beat writers around the area as well. And luckily, I got some, you know, a little something going on with the fans and with the, you know, with the team. I feel like a connection with the writing, and um, it's just a big something that's really important to me. So that's why I'm a Washington football fan. That's why I always will be. So HTTR, HTTWFT, whatever the heck it is nowadays, but go Redskins. We'll make it happen. I'm calling back to that hail, hail there at the end. So yeah, George, I think we're going to need to see some of those pictures of uh, of you and and uh, that as a baby with the gear. So that maybe <laughs> one of your next articles uh, could uh, could be uh, talking about that. So absolutely, and we 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 brought the community connection up a little bit in, the, in our opener with the in the warm up and talking about the Washington Football Pod community. Um, yeah, it's it's been great. We have great interaction uh, here uh, for you know our show and just interacting with people on Twitter. Going to the, the camp, like everybody was just talking, and you know you can hold a conversation because it does bring us together. There's something about it, and then you know the attitude this year is great. Hopefully, they can can keep that and um, keep that going through the season. Looking forward to to that. Next. Yeah, we do a lot of we do a lot of interactions with all these guys on Twitter. They're all they're all big fans and and like George said, he's at fullpresscoverage.com in the Burgundy Zone. Um so so yeah, it was good to good to hear from George and his long history uh with the team as well. Yeah, he he mentioned a few names in there. Ernest Biner, we've had uh Charlie Ricky Irvins. Yeah, That's Ricky Irvins. Uh Charlie Taylor from Trey Z was mentioned. All right. Uh, our yeah. next next fan here uh, needs no real introduction. A lot of people are very familiar <laughs> with uh, our next one here. But he not, not only he's gonna bridge our gap now from family to uh player specific. Uh you know, and we're gonna see a bit of a trend. But here's our next fan. What's up guys? First of all, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, to uh, be that fan to tell my story in a short, quick minute. So uh, thank you. Uh, shout out to you for that. Um, but whew, how I became a fan, I can honestly say it was back in 1987, man. I was a small kid. I didn't really know much about much except for playing with Legos and, you know, toys and stuff like that. And I remember one night my dad screaming, touchdown, Doug Williams. And I asked him, I was like, who's Doug Williams? And he's like... Don't worry, son, you're going to learn later on down the road. And Well, I just did that, and since from that day forward, I remember how excited he was, and I was like, man, whatever that is, I want to be a part of. And so, you know, through the years, I just became, you know, became a fan and learned about the game a little bit, and, and uh, here I am. You know, passion is all hell for this team. Well, thank you, Keith, for for submitting. We're we're happy to have people on the show talking about their fandom. Uh, one of the reasons why we started up the podcast is because we're such big fans. We, uh, you know, wanted to to share our kind of love with uh, with the other fans there. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug Williams, I think that was probably a big part of a lot of people's uh, fandoms during the the late '80s. There was uh, is it was his rise to prominence in the Super Bowl mm -hmm. win. Uh, for the longest time, that was the the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Was those ten points uh, that second quarter burst? Uh, yeah, there. What they score Williams four had. touchdowns in the second? Yeah, uh, it would have been at least four. four. It was at least four. Yeah, I mean, they just he just he just killing them in that quarter. Um, yeah. yeah, so definitely check out Keith. That uh, uh, Keith is a co-host on the Bleeding Burgundy podcast, and he is a fan ambassador. 
which is we didn't even talk about that the whole fan ambassadorship that's another great program that the team is doing to connect fans with the team yeah the, the team's definitely doing a good job uh for that and uh uh, you know, Keith's doing a good job. Very interactive. He was a lot of people taking pictures with him. We 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 got a couple group pictures. I don't know if we did any solo pictures with with Keith, but uh, yeah, um, just a bunch of group photos. Yeah, yeah, I think we did some group photos with him. Uh, great guy. Just don't follow his advice for eating. So no. uh, you know, he he's a, he's a Dino Nuggets, and uh, uh, he probably still plays with those Legos that he mentioned. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he's a he's a he's a great follow. Make sure you follow him on Twitter in the in the Bleeding Burgundy podcast. He and uh, he and Jesse provide a lot of great content uh, for the community. So uh, he talked about Doug Williams and and the big moments he brought along. So will our next uh, guest. I'm an here. '80s baby, um, DMV born and bred. Glory years of uh, Washington football team. I became a fan very early in, early in life. My mother, first time I ever saw her cry is when she was talking about Doug Williams and the importance of him winning that Super Bowl for us. And ever since then, I've been a fan. So again, another Doug Williams, another mom reference in here. Absolutely something that was, uh, you know, I think pivotal for a lot of people. Uh, winning certainly brings on a lot more fans, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but, he, you know, we have a, a c- connection there. And uh, those moments, I do think that it was a huge thing for, for Doug Williams to be the first black quarterback to win uh, and for that to happen here with this team, especially with the team's uh, history when it came to race relations um, so I think that was a, I think that was a really big moment and a good thing for, um, for them to, uh, to be a part of. And that was, yep. That was Michael Haas. Uh, I hope I'm saying that right. It's H A A S Michael Haas. And you can follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow. He interacts with all the different podcasts as well. Yeah. We talked a little bit about the fact that we're transplants. Well, our next guest isn't even in the same country. Hi guys. Here, Inigo Maestarena from Somos Washington, the podcast from Mexico. Uh, you asked me to tell you about my my fan base, uh, about the Redskins, how I became a fan of the Redskins. And it was in 1987, since uh, Super Bowl 26. My favorite player of the Redskins of all time is, is, is our monk. And, and I like the colors also of the Redskins. Uh, the Burgundian gold, and also I was attracted to uh, a black quarterback. In those times, only Warren Moon and Doug Williams were the the, the, the black quarterbacks of the of the NFL, and uh, I was attracted to to our monk to the to to the colors and Doug Williams, and on on, on that year we won the Super Bowl, so. That's why I'm a Redskins fan since 1987. See you guys. So Nigo there, he has his own podcast. Uh, be sure to check that out there. Bro- drops the Art Monk name on us. Uh, that mm-hmm. one, uh, great player, uh, all-time great for, for the team. And the color scheme, right? Burgundy and gold. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's so unique. That's right. Uh, and it's, and you know, and all the sp- sports fandom, you know, people have their colors and some, some of the colors might change, but they're, they're this and that, right. But burgundy and gold is, is really ingrained. I'm very thankful that even though there's a rebranding going on, that they're going to keep the burgundy and gold. 
For sure. And thanks to Inigo for sending his his uh, fan video in. And you can find him on the Somos Washington podcast. And like you said, he's he's in Mexico, and he doesn't even get to see games. And, and that's something we really haven't talked about with some of these people who are no longer in the area. And they don't even have the opportunity to go to training camp mm-hmm. like we do or games or anything like that. But they still be are still our fans or become fans. And, and it's those reasons, those positive reasons within the team back with Doug Williams, Art Monk, winning Super Bowls, all of that. And that's why. And that's why you've got to keep this momentum that the team currently has. Yeah, it needs to be they have that uh, that that winning on the field. We talked about the winning off the field, and we've talked about the connection. And our next uh, person is the first Doug going to be shown uh, here, first Doug fan. Uh, but he's going to talk a little bit about that community connection as well. All right, this is the Big Douglas Show, and when the guys from Ref the District asked me to send a little video about my fanship, I love the idea. I think it's great. So I go back, I guess, I can really remember for the first time, the Doug Williams Super Bowl is kind of my last big moment, but also I think when I got started. Um, my dad was in the Navy, so we traveled around a lot, but most of it was in Virginia. So between D.C. and down in Norfolk, that's pretty much most of my my life. Uh, and so the great thing about football is my brother and I love the team together. We talk about it all the time. It gives us plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, even if we don't agree on all things, it's given us so many great memories and times together. And same thing with all the other people. This fan base is one of the best, and I've really been, been grateful to meet a lot of you along the way. So can't wait to hear about the rest of them. Have a good one. All right. Thanks, Big Doug. The, uh, you know, he talks about that fan base there, and something that I've I've – kind of prided us for being uh for a long time is uh you know no one could be a fan of the washington football team or the washington redskins and be on the bandwagon right like <laughs> no not there's, yeah, not there's no bandwagon i mean there is now probably a, there's a bandwagon starting i think probably if, you know if mm-hmm. the team hits the rise that a lot of people uh expect to happen they're probably going to be some and you know what i say to those people welcome come on board come on plenty board. Of room. it's great and uh, and he talks about how the fans are great and and you have to be right when you're when you're sitting there you know for the last uh, twenty nearly thirty years here where the team hasn't been successful or as successful as they were during the uh, '80s and, and the early '90s there mm-hmm. um, you know the fans stick it out and uh, and we have that shared commissary. Uh, but uh, there's something about the team that keeps bringing us back and the, something that makes us love it. And that's why, one of the, again, the one things that I loved about this episode is just hearing from from people on why they you know, came to be a Washington fan. And so you know, he mentioned, you know, we got that shared bond for being uh, military brats, so military mm-hmm. children. Uh, he was a little bit closer to the area. Uh, Dad was in the Navy, mine was in the Air Force. Uh, but kind of kind of good that we have even that connection going on. Yeah, so yeah, he, thanks to uh, Doug for sending that in. He's got the, the big Douglas show. Uh, you see it everywhere on, on Twitter um, and all, all the different platforms on YouTube. He... he he does a show mostly with uh, the rapper Big Poo, I think, which is pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, he's he's gaining some traction as well. Check him check him out when you can. Big Douglas show. 
Absolutely. Our next person has a podcast as well, The Classified. Uh, so we got to see him. Great guy. Love to love to interact with him. We got some good stuff coming up with uh, The Classified for the season. Uh, but that's not what we're here about right now. We want to hear about why L.E. became a fan of Yo, the what's team. up, Breath the District? This is L.E. from the WFT Declassified podcast telling you my fan story. Uh, you know, I just kind of happened to cross the Washington football team on television. And me and my sisters were watching it. It was kind of new and exciting to us as little kids. And uh, we've just been fans ever since, man. I think one of the first games I ever watched was that Super Bowl in 91 or yeah, the 91-92 season Super Bowl when we won it all, man. So I just got off to a hot start. And then, of course, after that, there were a lot of years of less than stellar football. So, But, hey, they've been my heart ever since. You can't take that away from me. HTTR, HTT, whatever we become next. Shout out to you guys. You guys do a great job, but shout out to everybody else, too, who's stuck it out through the grind of all the bad seasons. But I think we're on to something special now. So I look forward to it, fellas. I agree. I think we're on to something special. He just talked a little bit about the the fact that it's been years. Ellie joined when when the team was gr- good, right? He, th- mm-hmm. he just happened. To, he says he happened upon them on the TV and was just like, yeah, we're going to. We're gonna we're gonna start becoming fans of this team, and they look good. And uh, and then years of not looking good, but he stuck through it. Uh, got a great podcast. Thank you for the shout out there, Ellie. But yeah, d- uh, make sure you're checking out their content. And like I said, we have some stuff uh, uh, planned for the season there with uh, WFT Declassified. Uh, yep, looking forward to that. Uh, we did talk to Ellie quite a bit yesterday. Um, watched a little practice with him. Talked a little roster space with him. And like you said, we we do have some collaboration going on with him coming up this year. But thanks for sending in that fan video. It's really cool to hear. All of these have been really cool to hear how people became fans. Yeah, it's good. Our next person is Trevor, and Trevor is going to share us some uh, some memories, some uh, some very familiar names you'll hear in this one. What up? It's Trevor, uh, co-host of Football Garbage Time podcast and diehard Washington football team fan. Um, don't know exactly when I started becoming a fan. I just um, remember I was a fan dating back to Lavernius Coles, Sean Springs, um, Stephen Davis, even the Brad Johnson at quarterback. So I've been a fan ever since. Um, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to pay attention more, studying the game of football more, applying it to Washington football team, and here I am. So uh, pretty excited to get out to training camp this year as well in Richmond. Find me on Twitter at TrevStoresWFT. Slide in the DMs. We'll link up and uh, hope to see you out there. And shout out Rep the District 2 for having me on. Go football team. It was great to actually link up with him at training camp yesterday. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did get to see uh, Trevor. Uh, he spotted us with the shirts. Uh, good. Uh, thank you for sending in the video. Uh, again, Garbage Time podcast there with Trevor. Uh, great guy. Uh, loved interacting with them. We're definitely uh, slide into our DMs as well. We'll slide into yours, but we want to get with uh, Trevor on the show uh, here in a little bit. But yeah, Lavernius Cole, Sean Springs, <laughs> some good good names there from uh, yeah. from, uh, from our history. Uh, you know, not great names in the in the grand scheme of things for the NFL, but uh, as team, you know, a fan of the team, you kind of attach yourself to. Uh, to somebody on the team, and you just kind of you love watching them play. I loved watching Coles play. Lavernius Coles was was fun to to watch, and Sean Springs was you know I you know great, uh, or at least in my opinion, I I liked him on on defense. So I think that was pretty good too. Yeah, 
It, thanks to Trevor, like you said, no need to plug anymore. He plugged, you plugged, everybody plugged his stuff. So, it, <laughs> uh, But yeah, he was great. We met up with him, talked to him, hung out with a little bit. Him and uh, Cameron Mingo as well was, was with him. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, doing some stuff with him in the future, for sure. Yeah, so our next person, our next fan here on the show is going to talk about how sometimes you can thank our rivals for your fan. I was up, everybody, man. That's your boy, Protest Sports from Protest Sports Network. Hey, shout out to WT Paws, man. Hey, so it's a quick video asking when I was a Washington football team fan, where, why, and all that. So I became a fan at the age of seven. So why I became a fan, because I went to an Eagle Racing game back when I was a kid, and Eagle fans treated Washington fans disrespectfully, and I didn't like it. So I became a Redskins fan. Uh, how? Shout out to my dad. And that's it, man. Hell to the hell to the football team. Let's get it. So I, I know everyone's shocked to hear that Eagles fans were horrible <laughs> uh, to another fan base. That's just right. shocking us all. But hey, it it, it brought along uh, it brought along Tony into our fandom, and and uh, and he stuck it out. Uh, so thank you, Tony, for submitting the video there. But I thought Is that it, one made me laugh a little bit. Yeah, I was did. just like, I was just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah, thank you, Eagles. Thank you, Eagles, yeah, for isn't being that crazy. Who you are. Though, how you how you hear something like that that he became a fan because he disliked another team, mm-hmm. and he and so he wanted to uh, uh, stick up for the guy who's getting bullied. Yeah, or just be good people. Team, whatever. Be, good, be people. good people. That's, that's all right. you need to do. Is be good. And be good people. Thanks to Tony from uh, the Protect Sports Network as well. Check him out on Twitter, and he's got YouTube, all that good stuff. Yeah, so thank you again for your video. Next person also has a podcast, and uh, he's actually first generation, which I so think Sean is So Sean Taylor neat. definitely played a big role in my becoming a really hardcore fan of this uh, team. Um, I think before his passing, I was more of a casual watcher. I was younger. I wasn't really into sports that much. But I remember his passing. I remember that night going to bed, hearing he'd been, you know, shot, but hearing he'd be okay, and then waking up the next morning to find out he had passed. It was really starting that season, and then the season after, where it went from zero to a hundred. I became just a fanatic, a diehard. My dad is not a big fan. My family—they're not sports fans, so it wasn't for my family. It wasn't passed down. I'm, I'm kind of first generation, but it's there now, and it's very—it's very real. It's not going anywhere. Um, and it's it's nice because, you know, I intend to pass it down to my kids. I hope it's something we can share together. Uh, but definitely Sean Taylor. He played a role. The player that he was and the way that he went, it, it was just, you know, it, I think it, in a lot of ways it did unite the city and the fans. And I was able to become a part of that. So that was special. Um, and this is Todd from the Tay and Todd podcast. Check us out on Twitter and YouTube. And great idea, Rep the District. Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you for submitting there, Todd. Uh, yeah, Sean Taylor uh, being the catalyst for his uh, fandom is is pretty pretty interesting. I, you know, I again, I think the being a first generation passing it along uh, mm-hmm. to the to his uh, his family is going to be something to to watch. But yeah, Sean Taylor, I think is is you know, still very much a big part of uh, of our fandom. Yeah, and uh, and people will fight tooth and nail to make sure that he is seen as an all-time great uh, for for decades. And uh, and really, he had that big of an impact on, on a lot of people, but he really had huge impact on Todd there. I mean, we could do a whole show on Sean Taylor, on, on his play on the field and his turning his life around off the field, and then, of course, what happened to him um, uh, when he passed. 
uh, we could do a whole show on that. So definitely he's the type of guy that brought in a lot of fans, as Todd just uh, proved to us. Yep. So we went from first generation to uh, let's look at our next fan here who is a multi-generational fan uh, and uh, someone we got to meet here at training hey guys, camp as well. this is Doug Rose. I'm an official member of the Washington football team fan ambassador network. I've been a fan of the team since 1985. I'm a third generation fan and my son's a fourth generation fan of the team. I'm really excited for the upcoming 2021 season. You know, fans are going to be allowed back at the stadium. And to be honest with you, it's been really nice this summer getting some love from the the national media. You know, there's there's high expectations in Landover this season. And it's nice to get that feeling back. And a lot of that is credited to team president Jason Wright and head coach Ron Rivera, man. Guys, I can't speak highly enough about each one of these guys as they work hard to bring us back to the pride that we used to have for this team and for this organization. Also, I want to thank you guys at Ref the District for giving the fans a platform to listen, watch, learn, and discuss all things Washington as we head into this upcoming season. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, I'm going to get out of here, but again, I want to thank you guys with Ref the District, and we'll see you at FedEx. He was such a down-to-earth guy yesterday. I really enjoyed awesome. uh, meeting him. Uh, fan ambassador, like he said, he's part of Fan Ambassador Network. Uh, really, really good dude. And I love the beard, too. Uh, I know, right? I, yeah. I, I'm jealous. Very, very jealous of that. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he, he talked about those high expectations. And uh, I think mm-hmm. that's, you know, everyone has them. And, and the media is loving it. And we talked about, you know, there's not really nary a bad thing to say about the team. In fact, our, speaking of high expectations, let's go into our next fan who also isn't uh, in country uh, and see how high his expectations are. Hey, Washington fans, it's your boy Andy Burrows here, host of the DC Tweet Team podcast. I've been a Washington fan since 1998. We've had some rough times, Washington fans. Stick with it, stick with it. Good things are coming. Highest of expectations from uh, from uh, Andy there. Uh, yeah, I hope. I, I keep having this vision of, of Dan Snyder, Tanya Snyder, hoisting the trophy and, and leaning into the microphone and telling us what our new name's going to be. I think that would be, <laughs> right. be an amazing, amazing thing to, to see. Uh, I think that they'll drop it a little bit differently, uh, but that would be, that'd be pretty good. But yeah, there are high expectations. Andy talked about the hard times we've been through. Uh, I think if we can just string, even if this team could just string together you know, double-digit wins for for you know several years in a row, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be so much better uh, and invigorated as a fan base. But we do want to eventually get back to the big stage and uh, and show that we are one of the greatest franchises the NFL has. Yeah, that, thanks to Andy, like you said, he's over in England and and he was really bummed that he couldn't be here in training camp. But he follows all the different people and he kind of lived training camp vicariously through all of us who were sending videos and photos and all the interactions we had and uh and oh uh getting back to doug also like you said we got to meet him yesterday 
and he's a fan ambassador met him and his wife and that was awesome and he was right there on the rail and he got chase young to give a shout out to his kid Mm -hmm. on on camera which was really cool and yeah it's going to be really fun to meet all of these people we met maybe half of the people that we have videos of um but yeah, yeah I know Trey and Todd is... had great coverage as well throughout the, yeah. the camp, but they weren't there for the, uh, the fan the day. So yeah. uh, we didn't get a chance to meet them in person. Uh, but hopefully sometime soon, uh, we'll definitely be at the games We're I'm not going to be at the, uh, at the game this Friday, uh, work calls. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be, I think a good experience and, and definitely looking forward to getting back into the stadium and, and working with, uh, these people. So is that is that all of them? I, you know, that, I mentioned we had a half. Everything? I mentioned oh, we, we have had one, we had a half of one. So let's okay. hit this one. And I want everybody who who watches and listen to 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 hold him to this. Okay. Rio Robinson from the Ramble About Watching podcast, and I'm going to get you guys your, my fan story video for Ref the District, or y'all can kill me on Twitter. <laughs> So we got a chance to meet Rio when we were out at training camp. Uh, funny dude. Uh, he he kept promises. See, we have a, a whole string of uh, of promises from a, even a last week's show. Right? He had hopped on. He's yeah, like, "I'm he gonna get in, yeah. I'm gonna get you that guy guys that video. Uh, you know, next week and or this this tonight. I'm gonna get it to you tonight." And he promised that a couple yeah. times. So we, we did some good natured ribbing while we we're at a uh, training camp. Uh, Trevor actually was just like, why don't you just shoot it right now? And, yeah. and Rio wanted to make sure there was a lot of production value in it. So he didn't just want to do it. So I was like, okay, then do me, do me a favor, Rio. Let's just record you promising that you're <laughs> going to get us the video. Let's, let's yeah. get that. So, uh, he's asking for you to roast him on, on Twitter. We shared it on, uh, at ref the district. Uh, and, uh, I think we retweeted that, uh, here during the show. So feel free to, uh, to hop on over and uh, and give him some good natured ribbing. Um, it's all in good fun. Uh, mm-hmm. We definitely would have loved to uh, to hear his fan story, and I'm sure we'll have him on the show at some point, and we'll uh, we'll actually get to hear it, you know, in person. Yeah, maybe uh, we'll just do it and do it live. On, there we on go. One of our shows or something. Yeah. There you go. A little Ra- O'Reilly idea. action there. Ah, eh, f it. We'll do it live. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it, it was a. Uh, some good fun that we had at camp. Great time meeting with the these uh, these other fans here of the team, and uh, I kind of shared my story. Right, mm-hmm. I uh, you know I became a fan because my dad was a fan, and you know similarly to uh, we're going to ignore the fact that I completely butchered that as a word, uh, but we uh, you know to. Uh, Keith and and uh, Todd there, where you just kind of got really into it. Uh, that was me. I just I go full throttle with my fandom. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. had to t- turn it tune it down a little bit. Uh, and you know, as uh, you know, through the ages, when I transitioned to become a broadcaster for the for the Air Force, that was a big time for me because uh, I used to lose my voice. You know, not even going to the game, uh, just watching just it on television. Watch. I'd lose yeah. my voice for like th- yeah. three or four days, and uh, as a broadcaster, you can't do that. So you kind of kind of need your voice as a broadcaster. So I had to uh, to tailor that. And then when my son was born, we're living in Germany. The games are coming on at seven, ten o'clock night. The the if it was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game, you're talking two o'clock in the morning. That you're mm-hmm. having to get up for these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sure. we have a a newborn. 
you can't be yelling. And my, my go-to <laughs> right, when too. I stopped yelling was clapping. And I couldn't even clap anymore. Like at 10 o'clock at night, <laughs> both the both the, the mama and the baby are sleeping. So yeah. I had to do some silent cheers uh, and change that. But always, you know, I, I don't... I don't think I've missed a game, uh, even when I was deployed, uh, would make sure that I watched the games. I was actually, I was deployed during the RG3 rookie season, uh, mm. and I had a, a, a sergeant major from the Army who was in the same building uh, as me. You know, I have to yell down the hallway that this was a place of business because I was going just nuts <laughs> that season, uh, yeah. running up and down as I was in charge of uh, Freedom Radio and had a chance to sing uh, Hail to the Redskins on radio. And you might have been a Cowboys fan. So, you know, he was he might have been a little salty of that's what was going why. on anyways. That's but, why. Uh, and I get it now. Yeah, it was it was, it was good times uh, through you know through thick and thin. Gonna be with this team now. So we've heard my story. Yeah, let's hear yours because I have not actually heard this story. No, you have not heard. This the is story. another and, stoner surprise. And and I bet you nobody. I don't think I've ever told this story. We know you're a transplant. Nobody cares, right? <laughs> but well, I, care. I care. No, I mean in, up to this point, nobody has cared what my story is, right? But okay. So we need we need music, right? We need story time music. We don't have yeah, that we, yet. We'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll work on that production. In. Yeah. I'm going to do it as quickly as I can because I know we've gone we, we've been going for uh, a little bit of time here. So I'll do it as quickly as I can. But I grew up in Michigan. So while in Michigan, I was all the Michigan team fans: Pistons, Lions, Tigers, Red Wings. Bears, oh my! Um, and that's why I got my Michigan State hat up here. I don't. Maybe it's kind of. Uh, you can't quite see it, but my Mich- Michigan State's hat up there. But when I was 15, moved to Florida, Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, there's no professional sports teams there, and I'm the type of guy who gets involved with the teams in the local area because you hear. I listen to the radio, I read the newspapers, I watch the local news and sports casts. So that's how I get my info. But there was nobody there in Jacksonville. This was pre-Jaguars, so we had. No professional sports team. So I didn't really have a team. I I got focused and put all my energy into the University of Florida. And you might see that, too. I got my little Gators. Uh, I got a lot of more Gator stuff. My dog was named Gator, mm-hmm. one of our dogs from way back in the day. So I became a big University of Florida fan. And that was where all of my sports fandom energy went, was University of Florida. So then, fast forward to joining the military. And this is where this is this is foreshadowing. So you're going to see where this is going, because my very first duty assignment in the military. You ready? Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, you can see where this is going. That's in the Dallas Fort Worth <laughs> yeah. Metroplex. Okay, this is 1990, 1991, 1992, 1993. A young man by the name of Emmett Smith was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And I was a huge Emmett Smith fan. We played against him in high school. I didn't. I didn't play football in high school, but my team played him in the playoffs. And I swear he had 300 and something yards rushing. <laughs> Just killed us. Pensacola Escambia was, uh, was the name of his high school. So I was a big Emmett Smith fan. He goes to the Cowboys. I'm in that area. I'm listening to talk radio, and it's all Cowboys all the time. Newspapers, all Cowboys. I became a Dallas Cowboys fan, big time. And my buddy who lived there, 
he was also active duty, but he also happened to grow up there and live there. And he was all about it. So I would go to his house to watch the games. And now they're winning, right? Mm -hmm. After they get Jimmy Johnson and Aikman and, you know, all those guys. And so I became a fan. I went to the Super Bowl parade after 93, I believe. Because 92, Washington won, right? Mm -hmm. And then 93 is when they kind of started their their run of Super Bowls. I think they went two in a row and then three out of five or something like that. So I was a huge fan. And then my next duty assignment was Abilene, Texas. That's still Dallas Cowboys country. So I was a huge Cowboys fan. I've got all kinds of Cowboys gear. Don't kill me. It gets better. All right. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, There's you're wearing turn. burgundy now, which is the only reason right. why I haven't stopped this already. Right. Okay. There's a turn coming here. Obviously, <laughs> there has to be at some point. So then from Abilene, I go to, or we, I say I, but of course the family, we go to, um, uh, we go to Fort Meade, Maryland, right? And the Cowboys are starting at that point. This is right around the year 1999. The Cowboys are starting to fall off and, and Michael Irvin's getting busted for all the stuff that he's doing. So then I, so then I'm thinking, well, I can't be a Cowboys fan over here because, I don't hear enough about him. I can't follow him. I can't have the inside info. This is pre-internet days or right around when the internet's starting to... Al Gore hasn't invented the internet. Yeah, Al Gore. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Al Gore has not yet invented the internet. Um, So it's Washington all the time, everywhere. And then the kicker, two kickers. First one, we lived right down the road from FedEx. And when I mean right down the road, I mean within a half a mile of FedEx field. There was military off-base housing there, right on the main road that goes up to FedEx field, as in, and a couple other buddies there with me, where we would go in the mornings and we would go run. We'd go run the stadium, run the steps and all that for our morning workout. That's how close we were. So I'm thinking, well, this would be a good opportunity to become a fan. But I wasn't quite sure, right? This was when they started to really get bad. Dan Snyder just bought the team. Things were not going well. Marty Schottenheimer comes in. They're 0-5, right, when they start off. And I'm like, I can't be a fan of this team. There's no, they got nothing going on. And then what happens is just a couple years later, Steve Spurrier is named coach of Washington. And he brings in Danny Werfel and Shane Matthews <laughs> and Riddell Anthony. And uh, oh, I forget man. the other receiver, the smaller receiver, brings him in. He's bringing all his Florida guys in. And then they go in the preseason and they go to Japan and they throw for 400-plus yards and roll up. All- I'm in. 4 no I'm preseason. In. I'm in because of Steve Spurrier and all the Florida guys and the way they started off that preseason. And I thought, okay, this is this is going to be my team. And it just grew on me. I'm there at game day. I wasn't going to all the games, but you can you can feel the energy. We would go up to where everyone's tailgating. This was also a time where it was like you can't go to any games because the wait the season ticket list was so long. This was pre-Ticketmaster and StubHub and all that to where you can easily get tickets now. But back then, you didn't know how to get tickets because everything you hear is there's – 5,000 people on the wait list. You can't get tickets. So we would just walk around and so- soak in the atmosphere and just, and it and it grew on me. And then I'm watching them and I'm hearing them and I'm learning the guys. And then I eventually start going to games. And that's how I became a fan. 
and I've been generally in this area. And I actually told you this yesterday. You didn't realize this. When I retired, I retired out of Newport News or Hampton, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for a job with the federal government. And my number one choice was to stay in the Washington area simply because I wanted to be around the sports teams to include the Washington football team. This is a D.C.-centric podcast uh, broadcast. We do all the teams, and I love all the teams. But if I had gone to who knows where, Bozeman, Montana, then I don't know I could have stayed a fan. I could have been a fan. I'm sorry. There's a lot of people who are like, no matter what, you have to be a fan. I don't know if I could have done that because I just can't soak in the in the information and the atmosphere and the energy if you're so far away. So that's how I became a fan. I used to be a Cowboys fan. I'm sorry, but I'm 100% on board with the Washington football team, and there's your story. Well, Brand- Brandon points out that you picked the worst time to be a fan. Yeah, that's right. But it's truly incredible that you're still here, and that's what matters. And I agree with Brandon. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the YouTube on our YouTube stream. Um, you know, I, I have to say though, I think that you're you're not giving yourself enough credit if you ended up in Bozeman, Montana, uh, that you wouldn't still be a fan because you were you were diehard with me in in uh, in Germany, and That's I true. think the internet age has really helped bridge the gap and uh, and uh, and keep you involved but a little Um, addendum to that also is that i'm up here in baltimore just a little north of baltimore so i don't too many too many uh syllables in there it's not baltimore yes baltimore yeah baltimore yeah yes so uh so and i and trust me i cannot i've thought about becoming a ravens fan and i just can't do it because the Ravens are always good and Washington was always bad and everything. <laughs> you know, I just can't do it. There's, I, they're too annoying. Uh, but so I don't get Washington football team games here if they're playing at the same time as Baltimore, as yep. the Ravens, mm-hmm. right? If they're playing the same time, they're not going to be on here. So I have to come up with ways to watch them. And you think about last year when I couldn't go to Buffalo Wild Wings, for example, to watch them because everything's shut down. I couldn't go to – they do have a Redskins bar in Baltimore where we've been many times to watch a game, which is great. But I can't get them on TV. I'm willing to pay money to get them on television, whatever you want, NFL, and you can't do it unless you have direct TV. And I don't have direct TV, and I'm not rewiring my world to get direct TV. <laughs> so I can't I can't get it, but I would find I would find ways in the internet age and I'm not going to say how because <laughs> who's ever watching is going to come down hard, Feed's but I found down. a way. And and so that has also been able to keep me as a fan. Like you said, the internet age has allowed that even being up here in Baltimore. You'll figure out a way to watch the game if it's not on. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to tell the tell no everyone from- yeah, about uh Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so my favorite color is purple. Uh, yeah. My favorite author is Edgar Allan Poe. Favorite poem is The Raven. Wow. Uh, so, you know, for the longest time, again, I'm a transplant. And mm-hmm. uh, so it was always to, I, Washington Redskins, number one, and then a large gap. And there, there was the Ravens who have the, my favorite color, who have, are named after my favorite poem from my favorite author. You know, author. Um, so I was just like, you know, I was kind of like them, uh, and I didn't understand the the hatred 
for for them. You know, didn't understand the rivalry uh, that well until I got stationed out to, at Fort Meade, Maryland, and uh, Raven our first yeah Raven Country lived up in Eldersburg, Maryland. Can't you, know, you lived way up there? Yes, I did. I didn't know. Yeah, Sorry. that was my first year. First year in Maryland, we we lived up there. I lived closer to Gettysburg than I did to yeah, to my exactly. office. Um, and uh, so you know I. Uh, you know, I, I, I could I, I had to do the same thing. I couldn't get the games naturally because it's all everything's showing the Ravens and uh, and then the fans all around me were Ravens fans. And then even when we moved a couple times into Fort Meade and then to Laurel, Maryland, and we were we were on the cusp of where they like if you looked at the line for media of where they show the the the, the uh, Baltimore games and where they show the Washington, we're like three or four houses above that line so i was just like i couldn't get the the uh, washington games yeah uh and only get the baltimore one so we you know we did get the direct tv route to because i'm not missing the game uh, yeah i don't right. don't have it now i do uh uh here in annapolis i do have other ways to to get to to watch uh watch our team play but i finally understood after years why why washington fans really don't care for for baltimore uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I definitely, even though I have my, uh, office in here painted, uh, purple, uh, definitely diehard burgundy and gold for me all the way all, forever through, and ever through now. and through, yeah. uh, till, uh, till death do me part. Uh, you know, this has been our fan episode. We've got some more talking to do here on the post game, but we do appreciate the interaction we've had. And for everyone who sent in a fan video and I still want to hear some more stories. So please, please continue to share the stories about how you you became a fan of our Washington football team. When we come back for the post game, we're going to be talking about our Wizards and the Nationals. All right, Stoner, I'm telling yep. you right now, I almost wanted to just cut us off entirely for this uh, as mm-hmm. we're as we're nearing an hour and 20 minutes. But uh, we do have some fresh news to talk about, and maybe yeah. we'll save the debating for another time. But okay. we did, but did, we, we did want to bring up the That's Wizards good. had a had a had their draft. They traded away Westbrook. A lot of fans happy with Westbrook leaving uh, leaving the team. As a as a Thunder fan who is also becoming a Wizards fan, Russell Westbrook was a big part of that transition. You know, not necessarily transition because I'm still a Thunder fan, but uh, kind of welcoming me into the community and enjoying Wizards games and wanting him to succeed. Uh, well, I still want him to do well for himself. I can't cheer on the Lakers. Nope. Uh, so that's not going to happen. Uh, but uh, got a reasonable haul for him, and they're not done. There's still some talk going on right now uh, mm-hmm. that uh, they can get some Dinwiddie on the team, and I know you're mm-hmm. big big excited about that. Like yep. You, 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 you enjoy guy. that. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, draft went exactly as you predicted. So, I did. So yeah, that nailed Corey Kispert. So Kispert, uh, first round pick, uh, for yeah, the first round pick for for the Wizards. Uh, they get the guy from the G League Ignite uh, in the second round, early second round, as they uh, um, traded away the the pick that they did get from the Lakers, the twenty two pick for that. So good for them, you know. Personally, and this is what we'll have to save for another time, so we don't end up being a two hour podcast today. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I was okay. I was I was not. Team trade Beal, 
But if they went that route, I definitely saw the argument for it, mm-hmm. and you were against that. Yep. Yep. I'm going to save it, though, Nathan. Okay. We're, we're going to save, save it, it because I believe free agency starts tomorrow. Yep. And I believe the trade, uh, the Westbrook trade, can't become official until, like, August 6th. I believe those are the constraints that they have on that right now. So let's wait and see what the final uh, verdict, the fin- final, final team makeup is. Okay, because yeah, so. they they definitely still have some needs. Yep. So we'll see well, how I'll that goes. I'll uh, they have less needs than the Washington Nationals, who did mm-hmm. a complete fire sale. Sale, yep. sale, sale. Yep. Uh, you know, we, we asked the question a week before, you know, are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? We want, we, we were team sell. Uh, yep. And boy, oh boy, so did they, they sell, did. sell, sell. Yeah. Remember that we talked about right before the all-star break and they were hovering around 500 or a couple games below, mm-hmm. just a couple games out of first, right as Schwarber had his hot streak right before he got hurt. And we said he had, or maybe it was right as he got hurt. They had those games coming up before the All-Star break where they were going out west and they were playing San Fran. Well, L.A. was coming here, so it was L.A., San Fran, San Diego, L.A. again. And we said they have to hover around 500 against those top teams, and they didn't. They, they went did like 3-14, and 14, Yeah, and it was over. Mm-hmm. And so you saw the writing on the wall that this was going to be a, a complete fire sale, and it was. And I think we should also save this for another time uh, because, really, your two favorite players – not on the Washington football team were traded, right? Westbrook and Trey Turner, mm-hmm. right? Uh, You're two. I'm not happy. Favorite yeah, guys. If, you know, if you're listening to the audio version right now, you can't see my face, and I'm literally just I'm like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm ready to burst. I want well, to yell so badly right. uh, about the Trey Turner trade. We're, again, we'll we'll, we'll save we'll that. Save. We just as for news purposes, we wanted to make sure that we yep. addressed that that these things happened. Yep. Uh, but maybe for Thursday's podcast. Uh, we'll dive into this because uh, uh, Stoner. It needs to be addressed. St- Stoner, Stoner, uh, Stoner is somebody who you know. A couple days afterwards, he doesn't have quite the uh, the uh, the ability Herber. to to keep that passion going. Yeah. I get heated just even just talking about it right now. I'm just like I just yeah. want to I just want to just scream so badly uh, yeah. about so you what don't had think happened. A couple more days, we'll we'll. Help you simmer down? No, it's still no. going to be there. Oh, goodness Thursday. gracious. We're going to bring this up on Thursday, and I'll be ready okay. to cook the Nationals uh, <laughs> yeah. for for this decision. And, yes, Brandon, it hurts. It hurts bad that the, the – so Westbrook I understood. The the Westbrook trade I understood. Trey Turner trade I don't understand. And I hate, I hate with a bloody passion that they went to the Dodgers. Trey Turner and Scherzer are are Dodgers, and I loathe that. Like with every fiber of my being, I don't like to hate things because it just takes too much energy. It's negative. It's not really my character to do that. But oh man, do I really loathe seeing them in that Dodger blue? It's just it's awful. But like I said, we'll we'll talk about that mostly uh, on our Thursday show. Again, we are we are switching our broadcast. So uh, as the season approaches, we saw the the fact that this would not be sustainable, uh, right? We're going to be wanting we want to watch the games, want to do pre games, uh, tailgate parties with you guys, go to the games. So, you know, season ticket holder for myself. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be there and interacting. So what we are going to do is uh you know we're shifting our show to thursday so you can catch us live on thursdays 
at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And then uh, as the season approaches, mentioned Declassified, WFT Declassified. We're going to have some interaction with them uh, doing some game previews. Uh, so those should be game going out. Reviews. We're doing game reviews. With game them. reviews with them. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. Game reviews the with them on Wednesdays. Yep. And we're also going to have a little product for you called the Day After Reckoning with Ref the District, and that's going to be our personal takes, and that's going to be literally the day after the games. Every game. We'll, every game will pop on. Uh, the only game that the the new schedule gets affected by is the second week Thursday night football with the Giants. That game will be shown early in the morning, or that 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 uh, podcast will be aired early in the morning. Uh, but we are working heavily uh, to get uh, other teams, podcasts, and fans on the show, uh, so that we can, we can do some interviews with them, kind of get to know the enemy type stuff. Big mm-hmm. things coming here for Ref the District. Again, appreciate everybody who uh, who submitted a video uh, and interacts with us and watches these shows. We very much appreciate it because we love what we do. We're we're big fans, as you heard, uh, and and we love it and we love the community and we want to do more things. Uh, so we need that support to uh, to to help us uh, push through and uh, just everything we got. Agreed. Well said, Nathan. Looking forward to. More content, additional content as the year, as the season progresses. Three times a week, minimum. And we'll be on, one thing you didn't mention is we'll be on other podcasts. We'll be on, for example, the WFT uh, Declassified podcast. We'll be on shows in Philadelphia. We'll be on other shows around the country doing the same thing that we're having people come on our show do. We're going to go on their shows as well, which is really cool, and it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of content from Ref the District this year. Yep. Looking forward to it. So this has been episode 27 of Ref the District. It's the fan episode. I'm Nathan Perry. He's the stoner. And until next week, be a fan. Love Washington, uh huh. And we saw him die hard fence. Yeah, we are. And you know, we keep it on 10. Wanna talk about two, the offense. One, two, three, let's go. And they gifted. We are Nathan and the Stoner. Yeah, that's ref the dish. Oh, that's the podcast. Come on now and join us. Join us.